0: The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances, all the way from palace thrones and bedrooms, to the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountain tops. And to the backsides of dry desert wasteland. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives, here on Earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. tuned and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most-translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of a Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Here we are, thanking you as always for joining with us for the Bible Live broadcast here each and every weeknight at this hour. Thanks for being aboard with us as we make our way through the scriptures. This program is not about my ideas and thoughts about the scriptures or anyone else's for that matter. This is a program that goes straight to the white hot core of our beliefs as Christians, and that is the Bible itself. We give you a chance to hear every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible, every year. Right now, We are in the book of Isaiah, and we are going to pick up where we left off in our last program in Isaiah chapter 30. I'll give you a heads up as to where we are, what we've been talking about, and what we'll be covering in this evening's reading so that you have a little context for it as you listen tonight to the Bible Live program. Now, in our first segment, we always introduce a reading from the Psalms and the Proverbs. We call it our Wisdom and Worship segment. It's a beautiful passage we're in now, Psalm 106, about all the great and mighty acts that God performed in the Scriptures for His people. If we ever stopped to list all the miracles in the Bible, we'd be astounded. They cover every aspect of life. The more we think about what God has done, the more we can appreciate the miracles He has done for all of us, individually in our lives, birth, personal development, salvation, specific guidance in special moments of our lives, healing, loving friends, family. The list goes on and on. And if you think you have never seen a miracle, you need to look closer because God has been at work. There are all kinds of good things that come from His hand. So God still performs wonders on our behalf. The problem is is that we forget. That's what Psalm 106 is all about tonight on The Bible Life. Psalm 106, 13-33. Yet how quickly they forgot what He had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry land. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. The people in the camp were jealous of Moses and envious of Aaron, the Lord's holy priest. Because of this, the earth opened up. It swallowed Dathan and buried Abiram and the other rebels. Fire fell upon their followers. A flame consumed the wicked. The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating ox. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt, such wonderful things in that land, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. So he declared he would destroy them. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. He begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. The people refused to enter the pleasant land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Therefore, he swore that he would kill them in the wilderness, that he would scatter their descendants among the nations, exiling them to distant lands. Then our ancestors joined in the worship of Baal at Peor. They even ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They angered the Lord with all these things, so a plague broke out among them. But Phinehas had the courage to step in, and the plague was stopped, so he has been regarded as a righteous man ever since that time. At Meribah, too, they angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and he spoke foolishly. End of reading, Psalm 106, 13-33. At the cross, at the cross, where there's room for me. At the cross, at the cross, I am finally free. The... This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. back. And I think it's always good to remember, no matter where you read in the Bible, Old or New Testament, still it is about the cross. It's still about Jesus. Every chapter, every book of the Bible looks toward Messiah. That is the ultimate message. And we'll see that tonight very graphically as we move from chapter 30, verse 19. That's where we're going to pick up tonight in our reading from Isaiah. Isaiah has been talking about all of these different nations. Jerusalem, the capital of Judah in the south, Samaria, the capital of the ten tribes of Israel in the north, the Arameans with their capital of Damascus or Nineveh, the Assyrians are way over, in Babylon and the Moabites or the Ammonites or the Edomites or Philistia. He's addressing all of these different people groups and calling on them to repent and turn to the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who cannot be defined, the God who is not comprehensively understood by anyone. We don't have God in the box. God is the true and living God above all others and above even our own exhaustive human comprehension. Isaiah has been talking to Judah, Jerusalem in the south, pointing to Israel in the north. Now in 722 B.C., Samaria fell to the Assyrians. He's pointing to them and saying, look, judgment fell just as God said it would. Judah, don't you be proud and arrogant. You need to turn to him as well. He's calling upon them to repent and they will experience God's blessings. That's what we'll pick up tonight about how God will be gracious to them if they will ask Him for help and not look to Egypt. Don't look to earthly alliances and earthly solutions. The solution must come from God. It's a spiritual solution. And that's, of course, a message that we as Americans need to hear in these days, that God is our source, God is our sustainer. Our solutions will not be political, nor military, nor economic. They will come from His hand. But in chapter 32, it's going to talk about the righteous king that is coming... Jesus himself. The Bible life. Isaiah 30:19 through 35:10. Isaiah 30. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will respond instantly to the sound of your cries. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and affliction for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes, and you will hear a voice say, This is the way. Turn around and walk here. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and gold images. You will throw them out like filthy rags. Ugh, you will say to them, Be gone! Then the Lord will bless you with rain at planting time. There will be wonderful harvests and plenty of pasture land for your cattle. The oxen and donkeys that till the ground will eat good grain, its chaff having been blown away by the wind. In that day when your enemies are slaughtered, there will be streams of water flowing down every mountain and hill. The moon will be as bright as the sun, and the sun will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven days. So it will be when the Lord begins to heal his people and cure the wounds he gave them. Look, the Lord is coming from far away, burning with anger, surrounded by a thick rising smoke. His lips are filled with fury. His words consume like fire. His anger pours out like a flood on his enemies, sweeping them all away. He will sift out the proud nations. He will bridle them and lead them off to their destruction. But the people of God will sing a song of joy, like the songs at the holy festivals. You will be filled with joy as when a flutist leads a group of pilgrims to Jerusalem, the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will make his majestic voice heard. WITH ANGRY INDIGNATION HE WILL BRING DOWN HIS MIGHTY ARM ON HIS ENEMIES. IT WILL DESCEND WITH DEVOURING FLAMES, WITH CLOUD BURSTS, THUNDERSTORMS, AND HUGE HAILSTONES BRINGING THEIR DESTRUCTION. AT THE LORD'S COMMAND THE ASSYRIANS WILL BE SHATTERED. HE WILL STRIKE THEM DOWN WITH HIS ROD. AND AS THE LORD STRIKES THEM, HIS PEOPLE WILL KEEP TIME WITH THE MUSIC OF tambourines AND HARPS. TOPHETH, THE PLACE OF BURNING, HAS LONG BEEN READY FOR THE ASSYRIAN KING. It has been piled high with wood. The breath of the Lord, like fire from a volcano, will set it ablaze. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 31 Destruction is certain for those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their cavalry and chariots instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. In His wisdom, the Lord will send great disaster. He will not change His mind. He will rise against those who are wicked, and he will crush their allies too. For these Egyptians are mere humans, not God. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty spirits. When the Lord clenches his fist against them, they will stumble and fall among those they are trying to help. They will all fall down and die together. But the Lord has told me this. When a lion, even a young one, kills a sheep, it pays no attention to the shepherd's shouts and noise. It just goes right on eating. In the same way, the Lord Almighty will come and fight on Mount Zion. He will not be frightened away. The Lord Almighty will hover over Jerusalem as a bird hovers around its nest. He will defend and save the city. He will pass over it and rescue it. Therefore, my people, though you are such wicked rebels, come and return to the Lord. I know the glorious day will come when every one of you will throw away the gold idols and silver images that your sinful hands have made. The Assyrians will be destroyed, but not by the swords of men. The sword of God will strike them, and they will panic and flee. The strong young Assyrians will be taken as captives. Even their generals will quake with terror and flee when they see the battle flag, says the Lord, whose flame burns brightly in Jerusalem." Isaiah 32. Look, a righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him. He will shelter Israel from the storm and the wind. He will refresh her as a river in the desert, and as the cool shadow of a large rock in a hot and weary land. Then everyone who can see will be looking for God, and those who can hear will listen to his voice. Even the hotheads among them will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stammer in uncertainty will speak out plainly. In that day, ungodly fools will not be heroes. Wealthy cheaters will not be respected as outstanding citizens. Everyone will recognize ungodly fools for what they are. They spread lies about the Lord. They deprive the hungry of food and give no water to the thirsty. The smooth tricks of evil people will be exposed, including all the lies they use to oppress the poor in the courts. But good people will be generous to others and will be blessed for all they do. Listen, you women who lie around in lazy ease, listen to me and I will tell you of your reward. In a short time, in just a little more than a year, you careless ones will suddenly begin to care. For your fruit crop will fail and your harvest will never take place. Tremble, you women of ease, throw off your unconcern. Strip off your pretty clothes and wear sackcloth in your grief. Beat your breast in sorrow for your bountiful farms that will soon be gone, and for those fruitful vines of other years. For your land will be overgrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and happy cities will be gone. The palace and the city will be deserted and busy towns will be empty. Herds of donkeys and goats will graze on the hills where watchtowers are until at last the Spirit is poured down upon us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field, and the fertile field will become a lush and fertile forest. Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness in the fertile field, and this righteousness will bring peace. Quietness and confidence will fill the land forever. My people will live in safety quietly at home. They will be at rest. Even though the forest will be destroyed and the city torn down, God will greatly bless His people. Wherever they plant seed, bountiful crops will spring up. Their flocks and herds will graze in green pastures. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 33 Destruction is certain for you Assyrians, who have destroyed everything around you but have never felt destruction yourselves. You expect others to respect their promises to you while you betray your promises to them. Now you too will be betrayed and destroyed. But Lord, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you. Be our strength each day and our salvation in times of trouble. The enemy runs at the sound of your voice. When you stand up, the nations flee. Just as locusts stripped the fields and vines, so Jerusalem will strip the fallen army of Assyria. THOUGH THE LORD IS VERY GREAT AND LIVES IN HEAVEN, HE WILL MAKE JERUSALEM HIS HOME OF JUSTICE AND RIGHTEOUSNESS. IN THAT DAY HE WILL BE YOUR SURE FOUNDATION, PROVIDING A RICH STORE OF SALVATION, WISDOM AND KNOWLEDGE. THE FEAR OF THE LORD IS THE KEY TO THIS TREASURE. BUT NOW YOUR AMBASSADORS WEEP IN BITTER DISAPPOINTMENT, FOR ASSYRIA HAS REFUSED THEIR PETITION FOR PEACE. YOUR ROADS ARE DESERTED, NO ONE TRAVELS THEM ANYMORE. THE ASSYRIANS HAVE BROKEN THEIR PEACE PACT AND CARE NOTHING FOR THE PROMISES THEY MADE BEFORE WITNESSES. THEY HAVE NO RESPECT FOR ANYONE. ALL THE LAND OF ISRAEL IS IN TROUBLE. LEBANON HAS BEEN DESTROYED. THE plain OF SHARON IS NOW A WILDERNESS. BASHAN AND CARMEL HAVE BEEN PLUNDERED. BUT THE LORD SAYS, I WILL STAND UP AND SHOW MY POWER AND MIGHT. YOU ASSYRIANS WILL GAIN NOTHING BY ALL YOUR EFFORTS. Your own breath will turn to fire and kill you. Your people will be burned up completely like thorns cut down and tossed in a fire. Listen to what I have done, you nations far away, and you that are near acknowledge my might. The sinners in Jerusalem shake with fear. Which one of us, they cry, can live here in the presence of this all-consuming fire? The ones who can live here are those who are honest and fair, who reject making a profit by fraud, who stay away from bribes, who refuse to listen to those who plot murder, who shut their eyes to all enticement to do wrong. These are the ones who will dwell on high. The rocks of the mountains will be their fortress of safety. Food will be supplied to them, and they will have water in abundance. Your eyes will see the king in all his splendor, and you will see a land that stretches into the distance. You will think back to this time of terror when the Assyrian officers outside your walls counted your towers and estimated how much plunder they would get from your fallen city. But soon, they will all be gone. These fierce, violent people with a strange, unknown language will disappear. Instead, you will see Zion as a place of worship and celebration. You will see Jerusalem, a city quiet and secure, The Lord will be our mighty one. He will be like a wide river of protection that no enemy can cross. For the Lord is our judge, our lawgiver, and our king. He will care for us and save us. The enemy's sails hang loose on broken masts with useless tackle. Their treasure will be divided by the people of God. Even the lame will win their share. The people of Israel will no longer say, We are sick and helpless. For the Lord will forgive their sins. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 34 Come here and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and everything in it hear my words. For the Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies. He will completely destroy them, bringing about their slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied, and a stench of rotting bodies will fill the land. The mountains will flow with their blood. The heavens above will melt away and disappear like a rolled-up scroll. The stars will fall from the sky just as withered leaves and fruit fall from a tree. And when my sword has finished its work in the heavens, then watch. It will fall upon Edom, the nation I have completely destroyed. The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood. It is covered with fat as though it had been used for killing lambs and goats and rams for a sacrifice. Yes, the Lord will offer a great sacrifice in the rich city of Basra. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. The strongest will die, veterans and young men too. The land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch and the ground will be covered with fire. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation. No one will live there anymore. It will be haunted by the horned owl, the hawk, the screech owl, and the raven. For God will bring chaos and destruction to that land. It will be called the land of nothing, and its princes soon will all be gone. Thorns will overrun its palaces. Nettles will grow in its forts. The ruins will become a haunt for jackals and a home for ostriches. Wild animals of the desert will mingle there with hyenas, their howls filling the night. Wild goats will bleed at one another among the ruins, and night creatures will come there to rest. There the owl will make her nest and lay her eggs. She will hatch her young and cover them with her wings. And the vultures will come, each one with its mate. Search the book of the Lord and see what he will do. He will not miss a single detail. Not one of these birds and animals will be missing, and none will lack a mate. For the Lord has promised this. His Spirit will make it all come true. He has surveyed and divided the land and deeded it over to those creatures. They will possess it forever from generation to generation. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 35 Even the wilderness will rejoice in those days. The desert will blossom with flowers. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel's pastures and the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display His glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those who are afraid, Be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unstop the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will shout and sing. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the desert. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived, and a main road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-hearted people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, and there will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will follow it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return to Jerusalem, singing songs of everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be overcome with joy and gladness. End of reading Isaiah 30:19 30, through 35, 10. Very interesting and worthy passage tonight, very meaty. In chapter 32, it opens up by saying, Look, a righteous king is coming. This righteous king, that theme goes throughout the scriptures. A righteous king will reign on the earth. And, of course, he's talking about Messiah, who would pay the penalty of our sin. And then as he calls out a people for himself, he would reign and rule them in this earth. That's in chapter 32. If you jump over after his message to all the nations, his message to Assyria, we're called upon to walk with God, to be honest and fair, to refuse to profit by fraud, stay away from bribes. Refuse to listen to those who plot and murder, we're told in chapter 33. People who will shut their eyes to all enticement, all temptation to do wrong. That's what we want to be as God's people. Well, in chapter 35 it says, When the Messiah comes, he will open the eyes of the blind, unplug the ears of the deaf, the lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Remember when John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus And said, Are you really the Messiah, or are we to wait for someone else to come? John had that lapse of faith. He needed that reassurance from Jesus that he indeed was the Messiah. And Jesus said, Just tell John what you see. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame are able to walk. He reminded him of this beautiful passage in Isaiah chapter 35. So all through the scriptures now, whether it's Old or New Testament, the theme of the scriptures, the bottom line theme of every passage is that God is calling out a people for himself. Do you want to know how to pray for San Antonio? Do you want to know how to pray for America in these days? Should we pray for rain or should we not call for rain? Should we ask God to heal the economy or should we not ask him to do that? The basis upon which that judgment is made is how do these things affect the extension of God's kingdom? If God sends rain to Texas and to the drought that is in America, will America give him glory and praise him and thank him and turn from wicked ways to supporting the kingdom of God and the proclamation of the gospel around the world? This is what America once stood for, but now we've turned away from that. We now kill innocent human beings in the womb, steal from people to buy votes from other people. It's called socialism socialism is immoral and corrupt at its very core, it's wrong, it's wicked. As long as we're doing that, we will not be blessed. If we want to see God's blessing, we have to fit into God's plan of redemption. Whether it was Israel in the wilderness back in the times of Moses or centuries later in the time of the kings, Israel forgot God's goodness, God's miracles, God's faithfulness to them. They forgot him and they walked away and then they fell under God's judgment. America today, this nation founded under God's grace and under the faith of the true and living God of Scripture, we've forgotten our heritage, our legacy of faith and acknowledgement of God. And we are under God's judgment right now. We have been an ever-tightening judgment of God for the last 10 or 15 years. Whether it's for our personal lives or our public policies, when we resist God, when we ignore and destroy His commands and do not live to further His redemptive plan. Nothing can save us, not government, not riches, not military, nothing. But when we seek God first in His kingdom, promoting His salvation plan, nothing can stand in the way of His blessing. See you next time. The Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live Post Office Box 1888. That's The Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, com.